When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash goddessvault podcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
Welcome to another episode of The Goddess's Vault. I'm your host, Midnight Star. At the top of the show, you heard Pagan Man by Moonstrut. This week's episode is all about men's spirituality. I'll explore men's roles in the modern pagan traditions. As well, there's going to be a spirit guide of the week, and this week's episode has a story. First, I'm going to play something from Omnia. I didn't know this until I got a Google Plus message, but Omnia has some music videos out. You can check those out on YouTube. For now, here's Green Man Blues. From the 70s up until the late 90s, most of neo-paganism was focused on the feminine goddess. That is because of this patriarchal society that we still live in. 
However, paganism is about duality, so men do play an important role in all covens. I mean, all covens need a high priestess and a high priest. Not only are there women's mysteries, but also male mysteries in paganism, and it is a way to honor the god in his many forms. So the pagan man seeks inspiration, wisdom, strength, and love from the god. The reason for this is because today's man is questioning his role in society and is looking within for a new understanding of spirit. Men's traditions takes on many forms. It's either the traditional pagan path or the male mystery group to explore their relationship with the divine. I do remember when I was at my first festival, there was a workshop that was only for men that was a sweat lodge. There were two workshops for women, but none were sweat lodges. That, in a way, is one example of men's mysteries. Now, as I was doing my research, there were two men that are strong influences on not only the pagan men's, but in general, the men's spiritual movement. They are psychologist John Rowan, who wrote The Horned God, and poet Robert Bly, who wrote Iron John. I will remember to put both books in the show's notes. Here's a song that I haven't heard in a long while. It's called Color Me Pagan by Fritz Young.
for the spirit guide of the week. I'll give you one hint about this week's spirit guide. He's not like the superhero you see in the movies. I know that it's an easy answer to the question. I'm going back to Norse mythology and talk about the god Thor. Thor with his mighty iron hammer is the Lord of Thunder. He does have control over the quantity of rain that pours over Mother Earth, and he does have the power over the Earth's fertility and abundance. Thor is the defender of the Azure Pantheon in Norse mythology. He is also the protector of homes, communities, lands, laws, civilization, and everyone. Heck, Thor just loves to protect almost everything. He even guards against chaos and disasters. What you can offer Thor on your altar, well, let's just put it this way. Thor has a huge appetite. He loves to drink and can win any drinking competition. So it's best to offer him Thor's Hammer Brand Vodka. But you can offer Thor anything as long as it is with respect and a kind heart. That is it for now. Stay tuned for another Spirit Guide of the Week. with Thor. I didn't include the Horned God as the Spirit Guide of the Week. I will explain the reason why in a few minutes, but first, the history of the Horned One. The history of the Horned God goes all the way back to prehistoric times. How do we know this? Well, if you go to the Cavern de Trois Frères in France, you'll see cave paintings of a stag standing upright on hind legs and an upper body of a man. 
The cave paintings look like it is depicting a successful hunt and wooing women. What prehistory teaches us about the horned one is that the more successful tribal hunter he is, the greater his stature and the more attractive he is to the women of his tribe. Now, the reason why I didn't include the horned god in the spirit guide of the week is that there are many versions of him from around the world. There's the Celtic god Serunos, Pan from the Greek pantheon, Osiris from Egypt, and the Green Man, to name a few. In neo-paganism, we view the horned one as part of the duality with the goddess. He can be represented in many forms, including sun, sacrificed, and the vegetation god. We still see the horned god as being one with nature, wilderness, sexuality, hunting, and the life cycle. Speaking of the life cycle, we celebrate Yule because that's when the god is born. He marries the goddess at Beltane, and dies at the summer solstice to bring fertility to the land. Then he's reborn again at Yule. Here's Ellie Wagger with horns raised on glorious nights. Two way harder, I 
For the listeners of the Goddess Vault podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Audiobooks like Prince Lestat by Anne Rice, narrated by Simon Vance. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash Goddess Vault podcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash Goddess Vault podcast. Here's another myth. I'm going to do something with the segment today. I'm not going to read you a story, but there is going to be a story, so let me explain. As I was looking for a song in the last segment, I came across this myth from fellow pagan podcaster, Damn the Bard. This one is off his album, As Nature Intended. And if you have the chance, go and listen to his Druidcast podcast. So here he is with the Horned God, an unofficial biography. At first, I waited. For how long, I don't know. How can the unborn know of time? I waited in the blackness, stirred by her hand, blending, changing, from man to beast, then back to man again. Never thinking of the future, nor of a past that never was, but waiting. Then, as humankind became aware, I was born, born of their need for food, for wanting, no, needing, someone to help them find their purpose. And in that cave lit only by one flame, plants became colour, and colour became a vision, and that vision became a god, and I became that god. Born from the wishes of the simplest of minds, it was my destiny to stay and protect. So at first I ruled as the stag and god of the hunt, invoked with blood and sweat and the chase. I led the hunt through the forest and it was I who bent the branches to scratch and tear and cut. For without effort, what is the point of life? Without hunger, what would feed the spirit? Without need, all life would die. So their sorcerer stood in bloodied skins and raised his hands and called my name. Then he fell to the ground and skin became fur and feet became hooves. Blood gushed as my antlers pushed through bone and sinew to arise with seven times one for each of the moving lights in the blackness above. Stood before them, I held my head proud and tall. None met my gaze. They just breathed the stench of death and the copper taint in the blood-filled air. They breathed this and it filled them with the hunger, ready to face their own death in order to feed the tribe. Drums suddenly filled the silence and the hunters danced my dance, invoking my spirit into their bodies, giving me more life and more power, until proud in full erect manhood I screamed my name again and again, and they span around in the fire, their throats calling with the guttural call of the rutting stag, telling its spirit that the tribe must live and it must die for the tribe. Then in an instant, they were gone. 
As the drums suddenly stopped, they disappeared into the forest without a sound. And that was how it was, until others became aware of me. They called me by another name as I chased the virgins through the forest in a land beside a warm sea. How they laughed as their wet dresses were torn and they wondered at me. They danced as my pipes played, awakening the animals and birds, but when they saw me they laughed no more. I loved them all, as only a god can love his women. And after the land was reborn into spring, with every caress I dressed the bare branches with my green skin, and I played my pipes as others made love under my gaze. This I did to help the wheel turn through the seasons, until an arrow from a hunter's bow changed me and took me to an oak within a great forest on a green island that floated like a leaf upon the sea. Here I stayed, happy with my new home. The people here transformed me back into my first form, the stag god, and I watched over the animals of the forest and the life of the land. My face was seen in every tree and plant, my gaze from the eyes of the deer and bear. The people respected the land as their mother, and I worked with their mother, and together we bore fruit for the people. That was the way of things, and it worked. Of course the people became sick, but what animal does not become sick? Only humans want to live forever, and no matter how hard they try, they will always fail. Nothing lives forever. An animal knows when it is time to die, even when its destiny is to feed the people. I have watched the strongest stag turn to face the hunters and bow its head in self-sacrifice, acknowledging its fate. Yet does humankind return this to the starving wolf or the bear? When it is they who are food, they are not so forgiving. Neither are they when the hunger comes from the cold of winter, when the long nights and disease claim the weak. Yet through it all, my lady and I walked the land and maintained the balance. From winter through spring, summer and autumn, our footsteps brought life and beneath her black raven's cloak, she brought death. But there, in the blackness, if you listen carefully, you will always hear the sound of a newborn baby crying for its mother's breast. For although nothing lives forever, all things are reborn. And we show you this with the rising of the tides, the cycles of the moon, and the turning of the seasons. Even gods change, and sometimes they die. I died beneath an elder tree, within the great forest, shot by a single arrow. But I was reborn in human form, the people made their king their god. The life of the land became an act of sovereignty, and the fitness of the ruler was judged by the fruitfulness of the crops. If the crops flourished, then the king was strong and good, and was worshipped by the people as the chalice that contained the lifeblood of the land. If the crop failed, then the king was sacrificed. His blood spilled upon the earth to fertilise and bring new growth and another king was chosen to fulfil his destiny as sovereignty saw fit. 
It was thus that my spirit moved into the spirit of humankind for the first time. I pushed my way into physical life and grew as any other man would grow, except I would be king. I lived within the spirit of every king that breathed life and died. I fought for her, for my lover, for the land. I fought disease, poverty and invaders. But sovereignty can be a real bitch. And it was she who decided to add a third aspect to the game. I had ruled as the mightiest warrior ever seen. I had married sovereignty and devoted my life to her as my queen. But sovereignty was restless. So she seduced me as my sister and gave birth to my son. He grew to be strong. I should be proud of him. However, the cycle changed and I knew it would be my destiny to fight him for the control of the waxing year. She was no longer content with one lover. She needed two. One for her darker nature, as her icy breath blew the last remaining leaves from the trees. The other to be her consort through the summer meadows and quicken the fruit within her belly, to laugh with her and play under the heat of the sun. I was a god, so I accepted my new role. I placed the crown of oak upon my troubled brow and turned to face my son with his crown of holly at the time the sun stands still, the solstice. I lost the fight. I returned again, but this time into the body of a foreign prince. However, with the land filled with distrust at invaders and seemingly suffering from bad rulership, I was shot by a misaimed arrow, or at least that is what the history books will tell you. The Rufus Stone now marks this place, and that was the last time I dwelt within the body of a human king. Corruption bred within their incestuous veins, and I walked away, leaving them to their carnal pleasures and greed, and I moved my spirit into an outlaw. Within the forest I lived, stealing from the greedy and returning wealth to the people who still worshipped me. In green I dressed and gold I gave. Never was I caught and never was I seen, except for the hooded cloak I wore, which was seen moments before Hearn's arrow tore into flesh. I was celebrated and cheered, yet none knew of my more, shall we say, godlike tendencies apart from one woman, who was the first mortal I ever loved as a man can love a woman. She danced the dance of beauty, and I could not help but step into the rhythm with her. And we made love, and my essence blended with humanities and lives within you all still. Marion, Queen of the Wild, I love you as I have ever loved you. Yet I am immortal, and I watched her die in my arms, and shed tears that fed the earth. And with every teardrop, a vixen wailed in the night, searching for their mate, as I, for eternity, will search for mine. I retreated. I needed time to heal. For a while I rested in darkness, Darkness so thick I could almost reach out and touch it. 
I was, for the first time, confused with my role. In the beginning it was simple, but now humanity had changed. They were frightened of other things, no longer as needy for food, yet fearful of disease and petty superstition. They looked to foreign lands for their salvation, and that salvation came in the shape of a lonely god. I knew him then as an equal, yet power and corruption changed me from the lord of the wild into the devil. Of course, it never really changed me, but it changed the way I was perceived. So I watched and waited, and there were still those in the countryside who respected and honoured me on my special days. All through the plagues, fires and burnings, I was there, but these were strange times. I rule within nature. I understand that the brighter the light, the darker is the shadow. Nature is self-regulating and needs no other to keep life balanced. So she brings plague, hunger, disease, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, volcanoes, earthquakes. None of these things are evil. They are her way of keeping the balance. And they remind humanity that no matter how advanced they are, they are still a part of nature's way and answerable ultimately to her. So I waited and watched and then in the shadow I heard the cries of an island. For out of the shadow stepped a threat to sovereignty and it came twice in quick succession. So I went back into the cauldron of beginnings and was reborn, not once, but within the hearts of millions. I picked up a gun within every hand and crossed the water to protect my lady from plunder and I screamed victory with every breath in the trenches, caked with blood, sweat and mud. I was reborn again and again within every brave heart and I choked on gas and felt the explosion of blood and bone but I kept going until the threat had passed. So what of the horned god now? Where am I? Well, I'm sitting at the bar in London, drinking a wonderful pure malt whisky. I'm standing behind you in the supermarket and serving you from the checkout. I'm the superstar, dressed in the long leather coat, saving the world, and I'm the tramp begging you for money. See me within the gaze of every man who values and loves woman, for all of you are my goddess and I will serve you with all of my power and strength for as long as the white wind blows and there is life here on Mother Earth. So mote it be.
That was Hungry Kiss by Incubus Succubus. It's the end of the show. Again, I'm your host, Midnight Star. If you have a topic or spirit guide suggestion or just want to comment, you can go to the Music from the Goddesses Vault Facebook page, tweet me at Goddess Vault, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you hear this podcast. I'm going to leave you with a song from the Wicker Man soundtrack. This one is called Gently Johnny. Gently, gently